Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin our number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here at South Point Casino in fabulous Las Vegas. You know, I love having Carl Paulson join the program. Of course, the co-host of Inside the Ropes on PGA Tour Radio, and uh, it does that a great, great job each and every day on Sirius. We went to high school together at First Colonial, so he is officially the pride of the 757, and he joins us now from Brookline, Mass. Carl, do we have to whisper? Because I believe you are on the golf course right now. I am on the golf course. I'm not going to whisper. It's just a practice <laughs> round. Everybody will be just fine. <laughs> All right. So they're practicing. You don't have to whisper, which is good to know. Hey, before we get into the, to the numbers and some of the players uh, that we might like this week, since you are walking the course and you're out there at Brookline, and I think you do a great job of this, Carl, what's the course look like? You did a great job of the PGA. You said there's no way anybody's getting to double digits. The winner ended up being at five under uh, before they went to the playoff. What do you summarize that this course could look like, and what do you think it plays to? Well, it's an it's an interesting golf course. It's got a lot of intricacies to it. Uh, there's a lot of elevation changes. Fairways are a little bit wider than I expected to see them. So, I if if the players can get the ball in the fairway, they're going to be able to hit some greens, and that's going to be the key. The rough is not very bad. It's not very high. It's probably topping out at about three inches right now. Uh, and it's not real thick. In fact, the rough the last two weeks was probably a lot worse than the rough is here. Hmm. But the problem is you're hitting to such a small area. And so coming out of the rough, it's going to be very, very difficult to, to control your golf ball. I think the winning score is going to be a little bit better than it was in Tulsa. Maybe eight to t- uh, seven to nine under. Whoa, that feels hot. Like a big number for a United States Open setup. Yeah, and what I was going to ask Carl about, and he mentioned the fact that the fairway is uh, not super tight, maybe tighter than what we've seen over the last couple of years at Torrey Pines and Wingfoot. So, Carl, do you think, you know, bomb and gouge, maybe not the strategy necessarily this week because these greens are so small, about 4,400 square feet, and the fact that they do always roll fast at the U.S. Open? Yeah, we said bomb and gouge was the dumbest idea ever at Wingfoot a few years back, and Bryson DeChambeau just went right. field by six shots. So <laughs> I'm not going to say take that out of play. Uh, but to me, this just seems a little bit more like a plotter's golf course. So it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, a guy like Max Homa or a guy like, uh, you know, Davis Riley, who hit the ball plenty far enough, but they're a little bit more tactical on the golf course than, you know, maybe uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, that's interesting, too. Uh, Max Homa is one of the guys I am on this week, Carl. So I'm good to hear that this course might actually fit him. But when you say that number that it could get, you know, we don't want to say double digits, but maybe higher than you saw in Tulsa. Does that bring more players into the field uh, for your possibilities of winning versus if it's around even par? We always feel like it's got to be the elite absolute grinders out there where par feels like a birdie. First of all, I could be way off on that score. We're, we're, we're just just starting the back nine here and. uh I, I've seen some holes that are that are doable. I've also seen some holes that are very, very difficult. You know, a lot of 
500 yard par fours where you might not even be able to hit driver because of some pension. So I'll get back to you on that winning score okay. after, uh, after a couple more days, we're supposed to get a little bit of rain, uh, before the weekend as well. They're syringing the surrounds of the greens as we speak to keep the grass nice and lush around the greens, but the rough beside the fairways is playable, especially for as big and as strong as these guys are. So, um, I, I certainly think that these guys are going to be able to make some birdies out here. Carl, uh, Rory McIlroy now at the top of the board at 11-1 after his win at the RBC up in Canada last week. And the wedge game was vintage Rory McIlroy, and that's where you get to the point where it's like, okay, if he plays like that, maybe nobody's beating him. How has the reception been on the grounds for Rory McIlroy this week? I have to imagine there's a lot of fist bumps and high fives for not only the way he played, but the fact that he's kind of held up the banner and been the flag bearer for the PGA Tour with uh, all of this uh, live golf situation and whatnot yeah I don't think I, I, you know let's let's say top 10 ever that was probably one of the most historic wins on the PGA Tour top 10 ever for what what was going on for the person that's really been the leader for the PGA Tour of saying you know we're playing the PGA Tour we're not playing live you guys listen and he's being so vocally against everything that is happening and for him to go out there and win get that 21st win, which puts him one win ahead of Greg Norman, which he referenced in his, in his, uh, post, uh, post tournament press conference there, which was, which was pretty cool, but, uh, he's been received very well. Uh, you know, he's going to be a fan favorite this week. There's no question, big Irish contingency up here in Boston and, uh, to have the, the Irish kid come in here and, and try and win a U.S. Open. I think he's going to be a massive favorite this week in, in terms of the fans. No question about it. Wes and I were doing the show on Sunday, and we even with the sound down, we could understand and feel the importance of that moment of Rory McIlroy and what we witnessed up there at the RBC. Uh, the flip side of that, Carl, and you and I were kind of texting back and forth about this, is Phil Mickelson, the elephant in the room. He gives his press conference yesterday. He's a super long shot to win this thing over 200 to 1 here is what I'm seeing in some places. What do you make of that? And, and can you get a sense? Is it live guys against PGA Tour guys this week at Brookline? And not that they might still be friends, but they're still competitive, and they don't want to see those guys from that tour come to the United States Open and win. Well, there's been some reports of some uh, maybe a little bit cooler than normal exchanges on the range uh, between some of those guys, but I haven't seen any with my own eyes. Bryson DeChambeau, according to a couple of the the volunteers out here said had the biggest crowd out here yesterday. Bill Mickelson was supposed to go out a little bit later today. So we'll kind of see where he stands in, in terms of fan favoritism. But I can tell you this, all of them on the golf course have uh, cops with them. So wow, they're just making sure they're, they're giving them security, giving them some protection. And I, I, I definitely don't disagree with that, but uh, all of those guys that are coming over from live. Sorry. It's pretty hilly out here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> There's the elevation God. changes. They're bearing fruit. I, was, I say, Carl, we're not in high school anymore, man. I mean, we, we, I, that's a, that's a hell of a jaunt you got going on right now as you're doing the walk and talk. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to stop here for a second because <laughs> I need to catch my breath, but uh, this golf course is just spectacular. The routing is incredible. Like I said, the fairways are a little bit bigger than I expected to see him, but the greens are where it's all out. You've got to, you've got to miss the ball in the right spot. You have to be pretty tactical about that. It's going to be hard to hit greens if you're not coming out of the fairway. So I, I don't really know who that, you know, who that kind of favors, um, but it's been an interesting week to say the least. Brooks Kepka in his press conference today, uh, somebody asked him about the live and he just went off and I loved every second of it. He's like, dude, we're at the U S open. We're right. the four biggest in the world. Let's give it a rest here. Let's let's focus on the U.S. Open, and I 100 percent agree. Yes. And Carl, speaking of uh, Brooks Kepka, he is one of this uh, trend. Five of the last six U.S. Open winners won their first career major at the U.S. Open. So we know the usual suspects are the favorites, and obviously former major champions McElroy, J.T., John Rahm, and now certainly Scotty Scheffler, number one in the world. If we're getting a first-time major championship winner this week at the U.S. Open and the trends say that we might be five of the last six, who do you think that might be this week? Sam Burns. 
No, very good. He's he's played great. I I think uh, over the last year and a half this year. So uh, already won three events. So you know you see Dave kind of up and down the leaderboard. Yeah. Cam Smith looking for his first. Patrick Cantlay's just never quite shown in the majors. Xander Schauffele. That's the guy that I wanted to ask Carl about right yeah. there. The X man because I know you picked Sam Burns here <laughs> at twenty eight to one is what we have at BetMGM. But the X man the, the numbers always say that that this is a guy you got to play at twenty two to one. It feels like a pretty good number. What do you make of the X man's chances coming in this week? Well, if you look at all of his U.S. Opens in the past five, six or seven years, they've been incredibly good. He's got an incredibly good record here. He's a tactical player. He's a smart player. He's he hits it far. He hits it pretty straight for how far he hits it. When he puts well, he puts himself in a chance to win, you know, each and every week. So um, I'm in a, a, a like a master's pool. Mm-hmm. It's all not not the master's, excuse me, the major's pool. And it includes the uh, players championship. And we pick four for each event. And you can't repick them. So I am this week looking at Burns. I am looking at Xander Schauffele. I'm looking at John Rahm and Brooks Kepka because those are the guys I have left. I'm trying to get back in this thing, but I, I love Xander is the point I was trying to get at. No, that's a, that's good for some. I've actually bet a couple of those guys this week as well. Uh, Carl, I want to ask about one player. Obviously everybody's talking about Phil being on the live tour, but about Dustin Johnson, I have seen Dustin Johnson priced as high in the market at 40 to one at some places. And I know he hasn't won in a year and a half, but in watching his game and knowing him a little bit, do you still think he has greatness left in him or is he just kind of content with where he is? And we know he wants to play less golf and that's why he join this tour plus the money is a factor of course oh, I, I certainly think he's got greatness left in him there's no question about that and then look what he did just a year and a half ago uh at the you know at the end of the year winning that fedex cup and and, and playing as well as he did coming down the stretch it's uh, I, I think he still has it in him he's in the same shape that he's been since he was 25 years old so you can throw that 35 year old age right out the window. I think with him just, you know, he he's, he's ready to rock. He's just not playing as well as he has been, you know, I mean, look at John Rahm, same kind of thing. He hasn't uh, played as well as we've expected him to play this year, even though he got the win in Mexico, it's still not the vintage John Rahm that we're used to seeing. So I think DJ has got plenty left in him. Uh, cannot wait to see what happens. Carl, you, you like redefined on the course reporter for us today. So we really appreciate you walking the course, taking the time to join us, my friend. Enjoy the weekend at Brookline. We'll catch up with you again soon. Will do. Appreciate Thank you. you, Carl. There he is, Carl Paulson, everybody. The pride of the 757, my old buddy from First Colonial High School. Go Patriots. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll get into the Stanley Cup finals as well. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Back here as we continue the Lombardi line, Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. Just got a text from our buddy Carl Paulson who was just on with us. He said, sorry about the heavy, heavy breathing. I'm a little under the weather, and the walking this course is a B. And, and the fact of the matter is, it is a shorter golf course than what we've seen. It's still 7,250 yards, so not a total short course. But Carl mentioned, and I was doing it when I'm finishing my breakdown, that you'll get in point spread weekly and on vcin.com tomorrow morning. And there are a lot of elevations here. Yes. And, 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 you know. That's why Tiger's not playing yeah, this week. This isn't, you know, this isn't like uh, Torrey Pines or Wingfoot, though, where they're 7,600 yards. So this is a shorter course. But it's probably going to be even more of a challenge uh, this week because, you know, you got to play these holes different ways. Uh, I think there's only two par fives here. And one of them is actually probably a three-shot hole for most of the field. So some of these uh, spots off the tee, like Carl said, you're not going to be able to take driver. No, you gotta you gotta uh, play a design layup, and you might have to take iron off the tee, or you got to take three woods. So this isn't necessarily, even though he didn't totally put the kibosh on it, this doesn't look like a bomb and gouge type of golf course. This is one of the more traditional U.S. Open golf courses, a uh, little bit longer than the last time I was played here, 1988, when Curtis Strange beat Nick Faldo in that playoff. It was only about 7,000 yards, so obviously with the way these guys are hitting it now and the equipment, you have to make it a little bit longer. But I'm looking forward to a more classical U.S. Open this week. Uh, very quickly, to wrap up some of this conversation on the Open, because it is interesting, you know, Bryson DeChambeau comes over here. We know, forget about live golf for a second, right? He's he's injured. He's been injured. Mm-hmm. He's going to be here. He's a, he's a pretty deep long shot here. So Yeah, I've even, seen him at triple digits in some markets. Right. So is that just because of the injury that they believe the wrist isn't back to, to where it should be? In part. And then maybe this isn't going to be the bomb and gouge. Look, we said that about, like Carl Paulson just said, we said that about Wingfoot a couple of years ago. It. And it was him and Matt Wolf uh, that right. were the top two in the field, two of the longer hitters out there. That, you know, didn't matter what rough they're getting it in. They're getting it in four-inch rough, and they're just chunking it out of there. But I think it's partially the wrist and the fact that he has not been that active this year. And also, he is now part of this, that where he is going to be apparently joining yep. this live tour at the next event in Portland the first weekend of July. So it's like... You know, he just – he's not in that peak form. That's a big number, but I don't think I'm going to be tempted by it this No, week. and again, we mentioned Dustin Johnson. You can get him 33-1 uh, to 1 at BetMGM. I've seen that north closer the, to 40 like The to U.S. 1. Open just doesn't seem like a place where it's like, okay, we get right. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, if he were still on the PGA Tour, you know, like the 3M Open or someplace like that, that's where you kind of tidy it up against a weaker field. But it's so hard to just come off the deck at the U.S. Open unless you're like Tiger Woods or somebody. One other number, because I mentioned the X-Man at 22 to 1 at Benham Gems, feels like a, a good price point here for, for one of the shorter favorites. And that is Willie Z. And mm-hmm. you mentioned the stat about guys getting their first win, like Brooks Kepka out of the United States Open. Everybody's waiting for Will Zalatoris to take that next step, close not just a PGA Tour event, but his first win on tour could come in a major. 22 to 1, do you like Willie Z's number? Because again, ball striker golf course. Nobody really strikes it as I, good as, as Willie Z. I like sometimes. the golfer. I don't like the number. And and, and it's just sad that like are not sad, but unfortunate that like everybody, like everybody knows about Will Zalatoris. You want to kind of get him like under the radar yeah. here. And, you know, at, at 30 to one or more, I still think that he's a take that you want to have on your portfolio because in running some of the numbers that I run every week and I kind of look at, you know, approach, I look at strokes gain approach pretty much every week. He is number one over the last 36 rounds on strokes gain approach. 
He's very good. Proximity gain, 200-plus yards. You're going to have a lot of approaches this week, even though this is a shorter course. But because of the forced layoffs off the tee, you're going to have a lot of 175 to 200 or even 200-plus yard shots into the greens. Number one, proximity gain, 200 yards or more. Last 36 rounds is one Will Zalatoris. So he did kind of pop on a lot of these stat models this week. Uh, 30 to 1 or better, I'm going to have to shop around and see if I could find it after the show, but he'll be on my card if I get 30 or better. Okay, a guy that you know that I've been critical of uh, in our time together here in the last year, and a guy that, you know, he's won three major championships, and we've done a full golf segment with Carl Paulson, never mentioned his name, and that guy's name is Jordan Spieth, and when we talk about chipping and putting, you would think that screams Jordan Spieth, 25 to 1 at BetMGM. What do you make of Jordy's chances this he week? He has been so hit or miss this he year has. because I think he's returned to pretty good form. And, look, he won the RBC in the playoff over Patrick Cantlay, runner-up at the Byron Nelson, runner-up at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. But the putters let him down. This guy missed the cut at the players. He missed the cut at the Masters. He he made the cut at the PGA but was never really nope. in the mix. So, look, can he win? He's, he's won the U.S. Open before, won it in 2015 in Chambers Bay. But he has the game to do it, and this isn't an overwhelmingly long golf course for right. him. So I don't think he loses that much off the tee. But but that 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 short game, which is usually his calling card, has got to be better this week, or he may be slamming the trunk on Friday. Have we mentioned Scotty Scheffler? Not really. How, because, how because, amazing is be, that? Because he's cooled off uh, a little bit. I mean, he's still playing okay, but, you know, when you have that run that he had where he won like four times in six events, capped it off with the win at the Masters, won a WGC event at the match play, the clear number one player in the world in the OWGR, and then, you know, all of a sudden you lose your momentum a little bit. You take a few weeks off. You got to do some media. You and the wife go on vacation. Mm-hmm. And Enjoy then all of a the sudden. Spoils. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you should do. But that means you're not going to keep that form forever. It's so hard to do that on the PGA Tour. And just with the depth of this field, it is very difficult. But I'm not going to play him because, you know, he's only 14 to 1. He's Damn. cooled off a smidge. But you certainly can't ignore him. No, and that, that's the point here. And, again, uh, I, I do, do just want to give a, a little plug to long shots here for you and Brady Cannon and Matt Humans. Do you, do you look at some of those shorter handicaps and you see, okay, Rory, you can understand why at 11 to 1. We just saw at the RBC. Romer, we still believe one of the best players in the world, even though mm. he's drifted a little bit to 14 to 1. JT at 14 to 1. Do you, do, you, do you almost want to bypass some of the shorter numbers because you don't feel like the value is, you're getting the max value, if you will, even though these guys are, are there for a reason? Yeah, I mean, look, Justin Thomas could absolutely win this thing. Uh, was on him for the PGA at 17 to 1. Not much difference here at 14 to 1, but, you know, it, it is very hard. And, and, and a lot of, you know, the average, I think, in terms of the odds have been kind of in the mid 20s to low 30s. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I might start with my market. Of the four guys that are less than 20 to 1 on the board, I actually like the one that a lot of people aren't talking about, and that's John Rahm. Hmm. World number two has, you know, already won this year, won in Mexico. It was granted against – it was a very downfield down there at Vedanta Vierta. But still, I think the U.S. Open, this is just his type of game. And I look at total driving a lot this week, and that's a balance that's adding distance plus accuracy. And that means hit it long. And hit it straight. Hit it as long as you can and as straight as you can. And nobody does that better than John Rahm. Number one in the tour on total driving. The putting has not been good. And that's what needs to shore up. But that's the thing with these elite players, Dave. They're never too far away. Even if they're not in great form in terms of the lead-in situation, they're never too far away. So I actually like, of those top four, I like Rahm the best. Okay, uh, Carl Paulson likes Sam Burns at 28-1. to Uh, to possibly get that win at that number this week. If Sam Burns wins the United States Open with the year that he's had, could you make a claim that Sam Burns is player of the year and not Scotty Scheffler? Yeah, they'd be neck and neck. I mean, look, Scotty Scheffler also did win a WGC and he won did. that match play. That's right. With the basically the top 64 players in the world with a couple notable admissions. But, 
you know, Sam Burns is just one of those guys that sometimes winning begets winning, and, and you've seen him do that. Now, the one thing Sam Burns has not done is he has not really shown out in the majors no. as of yet. Keep in mind, this is still a 25-year-old player, so, you know, you're not going to always show out right away, but if you look – you know, four wins basically in the last year and a half, uh, twice at the Valspar, Charles Schwab over Scotty Scheffler in that playoff, beat him head to head and the Sanderson farms down in Mississippi. So this is a guy that can play. This is a guy that has the ability. So, you know, I'm not poo pooing anybody that's on Sam Burns this week because this would down give him three wins here in 2022 if he won the U.S. Open. So Narrow gap, I think, between him and Scheffler. Scheffler, small edge because he does have that WGC as well. Same number for a two-time major champion on this board at 28-1 to is Colin Morikawa. Mm -hmm. First on the scene, wins a couple quickly. What's going on with the putter here? Because Morikawa, I feel like ball striking, we really don't question. Are we questioning that putter? We are, I think, and we're probably always going to. And he's no different, I think, than a lot of young players like Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland, the weakest part of his game is his short game, especially, and not even just as necessarily his putting, his chipping. And and that's got to improve if he's going to be up there, you know, in the single digit to one odds and be a major champion type player like Rory and Rom and Thomas and Scheffler. Talent and the ball striking is absolutely there, Victor Hovland. I was running all these stat models, and he popped approach. Strokes gained par four, 450 to 500 yards, proximity to the hole. He popped on all of those, but just the short game has been bad. Morikawa hasn't really contended very much this year. So uh, maybe, you know, he's under the radar and this is the week for him, but not on my card. Just going to say now, you need to listen and watch Betting Across America on Sunday. Wes and I will be doing the final round of the U.S. Open uh, with everything else going on in the sports world. That is going to be much watch TV, and the numbers will be changing rapidly. We're going to talk puck when you come back with us on the Lombardi line right here on the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes, so you can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Back alongside Wes Reynolds as we continue the Lombardi line here on a Tuesday. And Deshaun Watson just gave a press conference as he has reported Mm -hmm. uh, to the Browns facilities. So when you're there and the media is there, they're going to ask you questions. Now, there's so many questions around not only Deshaun Watson but the Cleveland Browns to the point where BetMGM, they don't have any futures up on the Browns. Not win totals. And this is, you can see this across Vegas here, not just BetMGM. And you can understand why. Yeah. Nobody knows what fate is going to befall Deshaun Deshaun Watson, rather, when it comes to the NFL. He's going to get suspended. I know some people thought the first press conference the Browns did a couple months ago, did our thing, that's Mm -hmm. it. Now let's play football. Not so fast. Right. It's not that easy. So apparently Deshaun was just asked about his legal issues, did not really have an answer for the number of uh, massage therapists that are in question over the amount of time that are in question and the allegations against him. How do you make and handicap what could be the Browns with this situation continuing? Mm -hmm. And by the way, after the year off in Houston, I thought we'd have a resolution to this one way or the other. We don't. We being the NFL. And the Cleveland Browns. How in the world do you project them going well, forward? And and you look at Cleveland, too, and I think obviously the AFC North is still wide open. I would make Baltimore the favorite personally. Even I know though they some, were last last yes, year. Yep. Yes. And and look, I think Pittsburgh still has a championship defense. Then can they be more consistent, especially throwing the ball? They were better running the ball last year. But you look in terms of the talent, Cleveland in terms of their roster – I think has as much talent as anyone in the division might be the most talented team. Keep in mind, this team was ravaged with injuries last year. 
And, 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 you know, under Kevin Stefanski, they were eight and nine last year, but I felt they were better than their record. Their offensive line was beat up. There were times where they were down to their third or fourth running back because mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were out, whether it was injuries or whether it was COVID. You know, bottom line is that Baker Mayfield didn't play well enough, and that's why Deshaun Watson is now the number one quarterback there and Baker's number two. So I'm looking at this Browns team, and I think they have a good receiving core. They're going to be young, even though they did add Amari Cooper. But, you know, you have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I think really kind of came into his own. I really like the draft pick they made out of Purdue, David Bell, who I think is going to be a real beast in that offense, especially with underneath and safety valve routes. Just a reliable, steady Eddie. If the offensive line is healthy, it's a pretty good unit with a lot of depth. Uh, and defensively, look, yeah, you still have Miles Garrett, one of the best pass rushers in the league. And, you know, they've added guys, uh, J.O.K. Owusu Karamoa mm-hmm. out of Notre Dame, kind of leading that linebacking core in his second year. But I look at the schedule and it's relatively manageable early. What I think Cleveland is hoping for, if Watson gets suspended, that that suspension comes early. Because you look, you go to Carolina, you have the Jets at home, you have Pittsburgh at home at Atlanta. And then the Chargers in New England back to back at home. That's a pretty manageable start for Cleveland, I think, even if you have to go with Baker Mayfield. I think that that's still manageable. So this is a team I'm waiting on maybe a little bit. And then maybe I'll take a shot at like an AFC future or something like that. But I've got, you got to hope if you're a Browns fan that the Watson suspension comes early because. Once he gets to playing, it is going to take a couple games under his belt. And by the way, those couple games, let's say it's six games, are going to be at Baltimore and then Cincinnati at home. See, there's so many layers to this now, right, with, with the Deshaun Watson situation and the Baker Mayfield situation. Mm-hmm. Can they really, you know, kind of mend that relationship? Yeah, can Baker Mayfield kind of suck it up, buttercup, and kind of look at the long game right. here and say, okay, if I'm the good soldier and I, I help this games. team and then I take a step back and I'm back to the bench, wow. you know, maybe next season I'm going to find a chair because there's been this game of musical chairs mm-hmm. and Baker Mayfield hasn't found him a spot. I mean, there's a couple teams that you look at their quarterback situation you're like, well, Baker Mayfield's better than these guys, like Seattle. a Seattle. There you go. Yeah, but still, they haven't had the sense of urgency to do that year. So maybe, you know, Baker Mayfield's got to take, you know, a step back to take two steps forward. And again, we've seen this before. Mitchell Trubisky, right? He leaves Chicago, goes to Buffalo, sits behind Josh Allen for a year. Now it looks like he's going to be the mm-hmm. starting quarterback in Pittsburgh. Marcus Mariota, who goes out to, after he loses his job in Tennessee, comes out here to the desert in Las Vegas. Bides time behind Derek Carr, gets some opportunities. Now looks like the starting quarterback in the ATL. There are some season wins out there. Some markets I know don't have it up. I believe uh, downtown here at Circa, they have a couple alternate win totals. I think basically the boilerplate number is nine. Yep the Cleveland Browns and then if you want to go the alternate and go over eight where you're going to have to lay like 270 and then plus 230 on the under or you can go 10 if you're more optimistic and go over 10 at plus two dollars but there are a couple markets that have them available but gosh it just seems like there's more and more of these suits coming out against Deshaun Watson so it's like you know, we assume six games, you know, but it but it could be the whole season. We have no idea. And that's the point here. You know, we are the Vegas, uh, you know, stats and information network, right? We want to bring you information. And when you look at the information, that's the hardest thing to glean right now from Cleveland because the NFL knows what they were going to do. Then with another charge coming out against Deshaun Watson, I think that put the NFL mm-hmm. back on the defensive and wait, all right, if we were going to give you six, now that doesn't look good enough. So now we're going to have to give you more. I'm with you, Wes. I think this could be a whole year. So before you jump out there and start playing some of these futures that are available to you Mm -hmm. uh, at different places here, at least out in Las Vegas, be leery of that. You might not get Deshaun Watson. Like to me, if I'm trying to hop on a number now, I am going to do it under the assumption that he doesn't play. Right. That's the only way I can play these numbers. Yeah. Is assuming, and then if he plays, it's a bonus on your bet. That's why this team has been kind of a wait and see for me because, you know, I I, I don't know in terms of the length of what this is going to be. Like I was saying, if it's going to be six games, that first column there that you see on the graphic, weeks one through six, 
that's at least a manageable schedule. Yes. But when you start to get into the meat of it and you look at that second column, when you got to go to Buffalo, when you got Tampa Bay coming in, when you got to go to Baltimore, you know, and then later on you're going to have another matchup with Baltimore, another matchup at Cincinnati. So you only really have one division game in those first six games. So Cleveland's got to hope, whatever the suspension is going to be, that it's going to be sooner rather than later. So I wonder when the NFL will actually make this announcement so that the betting public knows they might have already wink, wink, let the Browns know, but the public doesn't know yet. Mm -hmm. So that information is going to be key. But just I'm telling you, We've seen this before happen in the NFL. Don't make those long-term wagers with the assumption that Deshaun Watson is going to be your quarterback. Yeah, this is kind of a team you really got to be speculative about, and you really got to hope your guess is right, or you play it safe and just say, I got to push these guys away and you know, kind of put these guys on the back burner until I know more. Is there any chance, again, that if he's gone for the whole year, Baker Mayfield, who's still under contract with the Browns, really can resurrect his career, which would be one of the more odd stories in the NFL. Because I think most people assume, like Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, mm -hmm. that bridge has been burned, mm -hmm. right? We all assumed Baker Mayfield. There's no way yeah. he's coming back to Cleveland. Couldn't they really mend fences and make well, this work? I don't know if they can mend fences. I think the potential actually is still there. And that's why, you know, if Watson got ruled out, I think everybody, you know, the odds makers would obviously adjust the win totals and whatnot. And everybody would be looking to go under. And I'd be looking to maybe buy at the bottom on this team because this team's got talent. This team was only eight, this team was eight and nine last year, but they were probably if they were healthy maybe a 10 win team yeah. and maybe a, a wild card team in the playoffs. Uh, I think Stefanski is a good coach. I think Alex Van Pelt is a good offensive mm -hmm. coordinator. So I think the talent is really there for Cleveland. They're not like just totally out talented in that division. You could throw a blanket, I think over that division for the most part, Steelers got to get a little bit better offensively. And I still think the Ravens probably are the team with the least amount of question marks in the AFC North, but I certainly think the Browns, I think the potential is there, but that's the whole thing. And that's the million dollar question is if Baker Mayfield can kind of put his pride aside and his ego aside. And if the team can kind of do the same yeah. and say, okay, man, we're going to work together and we're going to make this happen. We're going to have a hell of a year. Let's go. I just thought the one thing, if, if a point to, to Baker Mayfield, I would make is never put out a post that includes your mm -hmm. middle name. Mm -hmm. Like when you went full Baker mm -hmm. Reagan Mayfield, yeah, that's that's like you're just trying stay, too hard. Stay stay off the 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 gram and yeah, the Twitter yeah. machine and whatnot. You don't and, need and to just, do those, just be a pro. Dude. Those public declarations. Yeah, I know you think it's cool. Let me put the middle name in there. Really give it a. Just be a pro and realize that right now this could be your last chance hey, to be a starting quarterback in this league and maybe give you another opportunity to score a big contract in the offseason. Remember, the team said the reason why they dis they signed Deshaun Watson. They wanted an adult in the room. Right. Right. Imagine that, right? Holy man. That is a that boy, you want to do hard knocks. That's where you should have those cameras. That's gonna be very, very interesting how that all unfolds. When we come back, let's break down what we think we're gonna see in the Stanley Cup finals. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here in Beeson, the sports betting Network. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, 
You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, you can convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located in the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wrapping things up here on the Lombardi Line, I'm Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And Wes, let's get to the Stanley Cup Finals here because it is interesting in different ways that you can approach uh, wagering this series. Now, obviously, you can understand why the Avs are the uh, slightly bigger favorite, although the money came in initially on Tampa Bay uh, once they punched their ticket to the finals here. The Avs in game one, minus $1.60, you see that total there of six. How do you handicap the series? And if you kind of like Tampa with their momentum in game one, but you want to back the Avs in the series, might you wait and see how this thing plays out in game one? Yeah, I think certainly if you like the Avs in the series, you could absolutely wait because maybe this is the game that Tampa Bay can absolutely steal because, you know, Colorado, this is going to be the second time in the playoffs where they have had a long layoff. Remember, mm-hmm. they had one before the Blues series, and even though they really dominated the pace of play in that game one in, against St. Louis, St. Louis took them to overtime That's somehow right. and actually had the lead after the first period won nothing, but... You look, Colorado, by the way, has not played since that OT win in Edmonton to close the Oilers out in game four. So, you know, you're looking at nine days off and you just wonder, is it going to be like we we talk about that question, rest versus rust? And maybe there could be some rust here in game one. Uh, Now, maybe they use that to their advantage where it's like, okay, we've got some guys banged up. We can rest them a little bit. Like, I fully expect that Darcy Kemper is going to be the starting goaltender in game one. They didn't need to really go to him Mm -hmm. because Frank Kuz, I think, I think did a relatively good job in relief. So it's like, okay, let's continue with the guy until this series is done and get Darcy Kemper back fully healthy. Nazim Kadri still has not come back since that game three where he took that cross-checking penalty from Evander Kane, which that's when the Oilers, if you remember, McDavid scored in like the first 37 yeah. seconds of the game. Oh, so yes. all of a sudden, that place is rocking. Evander Kane, who had a pretty good playoffs, takes a horrible penalty and really changed the momentum of the game, even though the Oilers did kill that five-minute major from the Kane penalty. But you just look at it and when you have so many days off, you know, it's always good to have a little rest, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe if it's two or three days and you're not going, okay, one night on one night off one night on one night off, like you do mostly throughout the entire Stanley cup playoffs. But you get out of your routine a little bit too, because it's like, are you going to keep the same practice schedule every day? Are you going to keep the same ice time? You know? So when you get out of your routine too much, I think sometimes that does have a carryover. I think it could have a carryover for game one tomorrow night. I think the opener was lightning plus plus one forty-five, And now I'm seeing as low as one thirty-five. So we've seen about a 10 cent move yep. to Tampa Bay. And look, Tampa Bay being the two time Stanley cup champions are going to take a fair amount of money. This series. I think that, you know, the books and and the fans and the league and everybody's going to like this series because I feel like you have the two best teams. Keep in mind, Tampa Bay 
is comfortable beating really elite offensive teams, which the Colorado Avalanche clearly are. They took out Toronto and Florida in back-to-back rounds, and those were two of the best offensive teams we've seen in years yep. in the National Hockey League. So I don't think the Lightning are going to get overwhelmed by the Avalanche because it really, you wonder, is this, you know, kind of a changing guard of this, uh, in this series? Because Lightning have won two cups in a row, but the Avalanche, we've kind of been waiting for them to finally get here to the big are. stage because they've been getting beat in the conference mm-hmm. semifinals, I think, three years in a row until this year. And now you've got all that talent together. you got Nathan McKinnon, you got Kale McCarr, and then you got a supporting cast. You got Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Rotnin, uh, Devin Taves. Now, Kadri, who's kind of had a breakthrough season here in Colorado and was a really good scorer for them goal-wise in the playoffs, when is he going to be back? I don't think he's going to be ready for game one. I think he comes back in the series perhaps, but he did skate on Sunday, but without a stick, he was just skating. So that tells me, okay, he's probably not going to be ready for Wednesday night. Maybe he comes back toward the middle or back half of the series, but – Colorado, I think they've been the best offensive team in the regular season, but I don't think the Lightning are going to be so overwhelmed. I do like Colorado in the series, but I'm going to wait because I'll probably have a small piece of the Lightning tomorrow for game one. You said it wrong. When you say Tampa Bay, two-time reigning, defending. defending. Now, are you going to do the the spin in the chair like Bruce Buffer does, <laughs> the 360, when he introduces, like, Conor McGregor or something? No question. I think I'd, I'd fall out if I did that. But, but you know, it is We've already had guys fall out of the chairs in these <laughs> studios, so we don't want to have that happen again. I just wonder if we're almost downplaying what Tampa not only has accomplished, but is on the verge of accomplishment, uh, accomplishing if they can go and make it a three-peat here. You just mentioned, and I thought you put it very, very well, they can beat you different styles. Mm-hmm. They can, you want to play high, you know, high-scoring teams? Great. How about defense and great goaltending like the Rangers? Great. We can play those. We can yeah. fall back two games against them and come back and win the next four. It feels like there's no real weakness for Tampa Bay. Whereas Colorado, I think we know the weakness is goaltending, mm-hmm. right? That they can be had that way. So I wonder what style, and I see six to open up this, this game one, right? It feels high to me. Do you think that Colorado can play a different style in order to win the cup? Or do they have to be go, 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 and let's get offense going and let's overwhelm them? That's kind of the million-dollar question for Colorado because, look, Jordan Bennington's a very good goaltender for St. Louis. That was the best goaltender they played in so far in the playoffs. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky's a different bird altogether, and he's been – arguably the best over the last few years. And this is a guy that can keep you in games. And you've kind of seen Tampa Bay not be the dic- dictating the pace very much. In fact, their opponents by and large have dictated yes. the pace a little bit more. And they, they counterpunch. And, and Tampa Bay, yeah, absolutely. They go into a shell. They block shots. They pay the price. If they get through, Vasilevsky's able to take care of business and handle that accordingly. But – you know, we often think Tampa Bay because of their talent, because of uh, oh, Stamkos and Hedman and Palat. Keep in mind, Braden Point has not played for about Kucherov. 10 games. So I mean, Kucherov, yeah, when they're going to get talent. when they're going to get guys back. But you know, I don't know if Tampa Bay can necessarily do that against Colorado. You can do that against the Rangers, who are, were offensively challenged, mm-hmm. especially in the five-on-five situation. I mean, they went how many minutes without like a five-on-five goal and had to rely on their power play just to stay in the series. But, you know, I don't know if Tampa Bay can do that against Colorado. If you look Colorado at the five-on-five, 60% shot share, outscoring opponents, I believe 3.8 to 2.4 on that 60-minute basis. So Colorado is going to try to dictate the pace. So I don't know if Tampa Bay can necessarily just be a shell and block shots and then hope Vasilevsky uh, bails them out. So I'm not sure where it's going to go on the total. I'm going to wait for a game to kind of see – you know, how this is going to play out, but definitely a small play on the lightning tomorrow for game one. And, you know, a lot of times you can get into the action here, maybe the first period. It feels like Tampa might be a stronger play in that first period of game one. No, you like no, them that come that out? might be a split for me, actually, because yeah. I did that actually against Colorado in the St. Louis series where I played half and half. I played first period, and they were a big underdog in the first period and got it there and then lost in overtime, of course. So, yeah, to your point, I think you can absolutely play that. Now, keep in mind, first period, because you only got to obviously cover 20 minutes instead right. of a 60-minute hockey game, you're looking – Lightning right now, first period, about a dollar twenty. I'm seeing dollar twenty-five. So if you want to lay it with the Avs, one forty-five, one fifty or so. Total one and a half, heavily juiced to the over at minus one forty for that first twenty minutes. So, you know, 
half and half, I think that could be a strategy. And look, if you win that first period, you got plus prices on both. At least you're going to get some profit for the game. And if you do like Tampa Bay in the series, and again, when it first came out, and I saw a couple screens where it was about plus $1.75 for Tampa to win the series. That has come down, obviously, about plus $1.55. Uh, pretty close market-wide here. Would you play Tampa – uh, before we begin game one with the idea that they might have success in this game one and that number, if they win game one, that thing's going to be way out. Yeah. The I think you could trade a little bit. I think this is kind of a trader series, much like we're seeing with the NBA no finals question. where if you get the dog on both sides and that's what a lot of professional betters will look to do, unless they have a certainty where they really feel they have an edge on one particular side or the other, you'll see a lot of earning and that's what you'll see guys doing. It's almost like working a scalp where it's like, okay, I get whatever, plus 150 on the Lightning for the series. They win game one. I'm probably at least going to get even money or a very small underdog price on the Avalanche going into game two. You know, it's interesting. We talk about very quickly here in the final 30 seconds, Steph Curry, that we thought before that finals began, if you like Golden State, you back Steph Curry. If you like Tampa, do you back Vasilevsky? Yeah, I think so. And and I think, you know, with the Avalanche, you probably have more options. You have Kale McCarr. You have Nathan McKinnon. But I think Vaz is the option for Tampa Bay. Yeah, look for that plus money there if Tampa Bay can pull this upset. Of course, want to thank Will Hill for joining the program, Carl Paulson, who was there right at Brookline, Massachusetts, and Wes, always enjoyed the conversation. Good to be friend. with you. Uh, I'll be on later on today here on VEASAN of Betting Across America, so stay tuned right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.